recording. Okay. Hello, everybody. I want to talk today about the sisterhood wound. I, I am deeply invested in this topic because for me, sisterhood has been the one medicine that I have been craving all of, all of my life without even knowing that. So let's start with the term sisterhood. This is a term that it's rather new. It's a term that started being used um, during the feminist movement back in the 70s in Europe and the USA, still not in my country, Mexico, or in Latin America. Here in Latin America and Mexico, we don't have the word hermandad. Uh, we have it, but it refers to nuns, just like it used to refer to nuns uh, in, in the English language before. Um, so we needed a word that would represent the empowerment of women by other women. And for us, it is the word sororidad or sorority. And it started being used in the 90s, 20 years after it started being used in Europe and the USA. And the reason why this word, sororidad, started being used was survival. It was because, uh, first of all, not all feminist movements are created equal. Not all of them explode at the same time. Uh, not all rights everywhere in the world were granted at the same time. So voting rights and uh, equal pay in quotations, because that's still a struggle, were achieved later on for women in Latin American countries. Um, but in the 90s, many women started disappearing and appearing death in Juarez, in the city of Juarez. And that uh, was known as Las Muertas de Juarez, the dead women of Juarez, because hundreds of graves without name, clandestine graves started appearing. And we recognized that it was becoming an emergency. Women were being murdered by the dozen every day and are still to this day in my country. Every day in Mexico, 11 women die for being women. Now, I know that people will say, well, that, that's just murder, right? It happens everywhere in the world. Yes, when a man dies, it's usually related to um, either crime, you know, like a robbery or or he's part of the mafia, the, the narcos, um, or, or somebody was trying to rob him. 
But the women that are dying are dying for being women. The crimes are sexual, they are raped, uh, they are murdered because they are trying to leave a relationship that was toxic. They are murdered because they were dating somebody and, and um, the, they were trying to finish the relationship and the partner was not willing to let her go. They are murdered because they are kidnapped, because they are, you know, trafficked. Uh, 11 women every day in Mexico. So, what happened was that we needed something to hold on to, to start telling one another, you know what, sister? This kind of treatment is unsafe. If he is so jealous that he doesn't let you go out with your friends and family, it's not safe, it's toxic. If, if he is not letting you go out to work, it's toxic. So we started creating the term sororidad as a way of creating a safe space for women to give advice to one another so that we would survive a culture that is killing us every day. I just want to let that sink in. Sorority is the one thing that we are using to try to survive. So uh, this is as a culture. Something similar happened in the in the 70s when the word sisterhood started being used. Um, women needed to know that they could rely on other women. Now, I know that nowadays some people complain about the use of that word uh, because they say that it's not inviting um, women that um, that were not born with vulvas or maybe people with vulvas that don't identify as women. So I know it is, it, it is a term that can feel uncomfortable, but I also want to remind you that we are using that as women to survive because at least here in my culture in Mexico, and I know that in many places, even in those places that are supposed to be highly developed countries, the issue of being a woman living in a, in a female body feel more dangerous than living in a male body. So we are still needing to rely on other women to survive, to find empowerment. So that's why I have been holding on to this word. And that's why it's so important for me. Now, you might say, well, let's just use like brotherhood, fraternity. That's the way it began, actually. Um, during the French Revolution, I don't want to be too historical, I love history of women, but just quickly, during the French Revolution, women came to the uh, to the 
front rows fighting for the rights of everybody. And they were told that this new act of human rights would include women. But at the end of the day, it didn't. It just included men. All men are created equal. The right fraternity, liberty, shalala. I mean, at the end of the day, even when women were fighting in the French Revolution, shoulder to shoulder with men, they were again put in the back row and the rights were given to men. The mention was given to men. So it was important to bring forth the use of a word that could recognize women, sisterhood, the connection and empowerment of one another. So that's not all that there is about sisterhood, of course. Eventually, what has been happening is that women were taught by culture to fear one another, to argue with one another, to feel distrust towards one another, to attack one another, to feel like we had to compete with one another for the attention of men, for the little spaces that we had available, either in the workforce or just for recognition or just to freaking be alive because there, there was even a time when women would be taught to renounce one another so that it was the other one who was ac accused of being a witch and not me. But that's even, uh, that's another story. Um, the thing is women learn to disempower one another, to compete with one another and to isolate themselves for their own safety. We can see that as we become teenagers, right? When we become teenagers, it's maybe when we women face the hardest uh, initiation because we leave the bubble of childhood where our family uh, keeps us kind of safer, ideally. And we go into this bubble of trying to fit into the world. And as we try to fit into the world, we discover that other girls are so freaking mean. <laughs> Teenage girls are really mean. Like they start really attacking one another. I have never been asked bullied as I was when I was 12 in junior high school by the popular pretty girls. Gosh, they were They were really assholes. They were really cruel. And a friend of mine got to meet with one of them later on. We are women in our 40s. And she was still an asshole. I mean, that's seen as something that is mm, normal, and it's not. The spoiler, it's not normal to be an asshole towards other women. But these popular, cool girls 
see that as natural and started attacking the girls like me that were different or were uh, dangerous somehow because we had another truth, another way of seeing the world, of dressing, of just not wanting to be like them. So um, that was maybe my first uh, or, or the hardest experience I had with other women. Instead of having the friendship that I saw in cartoons and that I was craving, I had so much rejection and pain from this fucking bully. And that really made me isolate myself even more. I just had like three friends that were real friends. Maybe two. Um, I think that's the one thing that makes women start fantasizing about a boy. Like we want to have this, this couple, this partner that will make us feel complete and will make us feel like everything makes sense and we start having crushes with everybody that is, I don't know, like feels that that list of requirements at least in our imagination and i wonder that if we women would start having crushes that early in our lives that we had healthy friendships with more women but well um that, that's childhood issues, but it's so important to recognize that. Uh, the thing is, we carry that wound. We carry the wound of rejection. We carry the wound of the popular girls versus the unpopular girls. The girls that are worthy of love and attention versus the ones that are not. And that hurts. And that teaches us to mistrust women. I have heard so many times women telling me that they don't trust other women, that they prefer to connect with men because they are more straightforward and they are less hurtful. And, and I have seen that way too often. At the end of the day, the craving is still there. The craving to have a deep, meaningful connection with other women is still there. It's just that we learn that it's a fantasy. And for many years, that was a big hole in my life. That was something I was deeply craving, but I really stopped believing that I could get. Until I found my people, until I found my plan. And when I found my people, when I found the place where I belong, my sisterhood, I started healing in a way that I didn't think possible I could be able to heal. All of a sudden, I had a big group of women with whom I could connect, share, laugh, uh, grow with, and witness one another. And that that was such a wonderful moment.
magic in my life. Such a powerful magic. Of course, these sisters supported me metaphorically and literally. Like they were not just cheering me up, but they were supporting me uh, whenever I really needed that support, which was a couple of times because it was in a very hard time for me. And I had my sisters having my back, my sorority, my sororitas. And that was really, really healing. Just to be able to get, and it was all digital mostly. Of course, I get to know many of these women live, but just to get to get on a video and to say, I need to be witness. I am going through this and this and this. And to receive comments that would just say, I hear you, I love you, I support you, I'm here for you. Um, what do you need from me? Uh, do you need a call? Do you need a one-on-one -on -one call? You know, that kind of support. Or just to say, I need to be celebrated and to have people laughing with me. To have somebody with whom I could be silly and tell them a silly story about a bug in Mexico, you know. It was healing just to be in the presence of other women that accepted me that were in their own journey of self-discovery and empowerment and that were my my equals and my inspiration there is so much power in being seen and recognized by women that you admire that really that really feels empowering just to know that these women are living extraordinary lives because we can just go as far as our imagination allows us to, and our imagination just allows us to go as far as the, the examples that we have every day have modeled for us. Like, if I have only seen women suffering for mean guys, or if I have only seen women renouncing their sexuality because they feel like that's something that they don't even want to get close to because it's something that has hurt them in the past. If I have only seen women that are uh, constantly sharing their pain and have renounced their dreams, that's all that I know to be true for women. How can I then dream of something different? Well, when I started seeing women that were living lives that were totally different, totally inspiring, full of pleasure, aliveness, connection, desires, laughter, uh, fun, playfulness, that that's what I want. That's what I want to feel inspired by. That's what I want my life to be like. And I can do it because I see other women doing that and these other women see me and find them and find me to be part of their plan. So it's so important to be around women that inspire you. Because unfortunately, there are so many of us that are too wounded, seeing women from our past that are also very wounded 
and thinking that that is all that there is as women. So breaking that pattern takes looking out of that box and looking at women that are powerful and that are daring to live and do something different and to say, I want to do things that way. I can do that. It's possible. Just that, just recognizing that it's possible changes everything. So, um, for me, the sisterhood changed my life because it helped me recognize that it was possible to belong, to be seen, to be appreciated, and to move with with other women. And the bad news was that the place where I got to meet all these women was a program that ended and I tried desperately to hold on to that to, to all and every one of the women that were in that program but many of them stopped being present in the group stopped interacting and I just started being more being in touch with the ones that that I have created deeper connections with Still, my sisters are spread all around the globe, inspiring me, even when we don't talk every day anymore, but they are still inspiring me. However, I was craving for this space of connection, healing, and expansion. And so I did what I think we all should do when we are craving something. I created that. I created that space in my membership site. I decided that uh, it started with what I called the Journey Love Parties. The Journey Love Parties were this continuation of playfulness with the JDEF and with dancing parties and with bread work, you know, it, the idea was to emulate that magical sensation that I had the day in which I was in the jungle, dancing naked, having orgasms naked with 40 more women. And it was magical and healing and amazing. But I wanted to emulate that. I wanted to have that every day in my life. But I have to have it virtually because having it live can be a little complicated. <laughs> I will get to that point, I promise. But right now I needed to do that virtually. So I created the Journey Love Parties uh, last year. And I promote, or, or last year and a half. Uh, and I promoted them weekly and it was fun and it was playful. And then I decided that I needed a bigger container and I created the sisterhood container, which was a commitment of four months. That was helpful also for my nervous system because having to promote something weekly, it's really exhaustive. So I decided to instead just promote it a little bit and then four months of not having to promote it again. And it was magical. It was pretty much the same formula, like 
week one, we're going to do uh, wild practices or, you know, mag sex magic practices or whatever. I have my, I have my schedule already created with the archetypes that we would touch every, every week. Uh, then with the sisterhood container, I did the same archetypes, the, the same magic, but I shuffled it a little bit. And I did it for um, every other week. And now I decided to create something bigger that would last longer, that would be a more holistic space. And that's when I created my coven house of the wild so it's a coven or a membership site and it's called house of the wild because my obsession is the wild woman archetype so i created this space where once every month we get together and we do a guided jdeg breathwork of sex magic practice and it's amazing it's really amazing the the results are beautiful um my lover is the jdeg it's the one thing the one it's not even a tool it's the one energy the one entity that i work the best with so i decided to once every month guide women through a jdeg practice or um, a JDEC practice doesn't necessarily mean that we have to use a JDEC. It's a whole system. This system was named by me because it's my own mix, my own cocktail, Volvalkymia, uh, which is all Volvalkymy, which is my own mix and blend of jdeg practices bread work sex magic Taoism, some archetypal stories that i share so i created this mix and did like <laughs> and it was maybe the most delightful thing ever because it's my own flavor but it's not all that there is I have another another talent that people have been loving when I share it with them, that it's the tarot. I, uh, I happen to be an amazing tarot reader. Uh, and I share usually that this comes from my family. My grandmother used to be a card reader. And that, that was her one talent to get people together around her in her dining table. So what I decided to do was to include one group reading every other month. So we have one guided bull balcony practice every month. Then every other month, a group tarot reading, which is pretty much a party. It's a space where we ask questions to the tarot, like, hey, I'm going to know this. Oh, now that I see that this person asked this about her future, I want to learn that as well. Oh my God, I love your answer. Yes, I'm going through the same thing. I want a little bit of that as well. Please tell me as well if this will happen to me too. So we start playing in a group container with the tarot cards. It's fun, it's playful, and it's a space to connect around the deck. 
that's not all. Another lover of mine are my books. I am the kind the kind of person that has her her emotional support books next to her table <laughs> just to know that okay, I still have to be. So I created a book club. I curated a list of amazing books that I will be sharing monthly or bi-monthly if they are too big so that we can discuss them together in my forum because I happen to have a forum which is my uh, my own page so that if one day Zuckerberg says hey I don't want anybody that uses the word to see I say I don't care I have my page <laughs> I have my own space where I write down questions or props and people can just go there and say, hey, I'm reading the book. This is what I'm thinking. Okay, this is my takeaway. I want to read this other book eventually, or I'm loving this book, or I'm not loving this book, you know, to have a space to discuss, to share together. And all of this, like this whole space for sisterhood, playfulness, pleasure, tarot, book reading. It's just $58 a month. Which is actually really, really, really affordable. That's the price that it has right now. When I close the lounge in a couple of weeks, I will raise the price a little bit to 88. Okay, so the price right now, it's 58. And when I close the lounge in a couple of weeks, it will be raised because people will still be able to join because the idea is to go and and grow this space during the whole year, but um, just by request. I don't want to make it a constant whole year lounge because that, that's draining. The idea is not to have to deal with a draining lounge. So. I will close the official lounge. I will raise the price a little bit. And then in maybe two, three months, I will again promote it with a bigger lounge. So this is a great opportunity to join, to join with a lower cost and to join and play once every month, because this is the thing about pressure. Even when that is our natural state, Culture pushes us away from it constantly. It's hard for us to choose pleasure. Even somebody that lives for that, like that's my job. Sometimes it's hard to choose pleasure. Sometimes we start just being too busy with, you know, promotion and social media and the house and, and our work and the people that we meet. And we forget to connect to pleasure. Or we already know all of our practices and we need to get to connect with other women so that we reconnect to that magic of doing these practices together. Oh, something else. The practices are recorded for free access for good. Like if you want to go back to that practice, oh, I remember that we did a breast massage practice that was amazing because we dealt with all of our glands and it was beautiful you can go back to that practice so you have 
accessibility to all the practices so that you can repeat them anytime. That's a very, very complete offer and it's super accessible. I will leave the link below. If you're listening to this on a podcast, please know um, that the link is also in my in my bio or you can message me to get the link. It's easy, it's um, Sasha dash, or you know the little line, Sasha dash ostara.com uh, slash house of the wild. That's, that's the name of my uh, space and that's where you can sign in, sign up so that you join us. It, this, this part is just for people who identify as women uh, or we, people with vulvas, okay? So uh, men are not welcome in this space because this is a space that I want just for us, just for sisterhood. However, I am creating a space for men. I am creating a little coven for men where I will be sharing stuff with them monthly as well. But that will come later. It will not be mixed with the things that I do in sisterhood. I want sisterhood to be separated from men because Whenever there is a man in the space, the whole energy shifts and it, for whatever reason, turns around the man. That, that's something that is still very prevalent in our culture. So I want us to have a safe space for sorority, for sisterhood, for the reasons that I already explained to you. and. I will create, apart from that, a coven for men, where I will be sharing practices with men and in just a space for us to discuss sacred sexuality together once a month. That will come later, okay? So, thank you for letting me share this with you. Just quickly, another announcement. I was blessed with being uh, invited usually i have the blessing of knowing amazing people that refer me to uh, to events and places because they love my work and this happened i was i was connected to a summit uh, recommended by a very dear friend of mine so uh i was interviewed the summit is about dating and relationships. I am not a dating coach, but I am a, a love and self-love and relationships coach as well. So um, I posted an interview. I will add the link here so that you know the details about the summit and you join. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, the summit is free, so feel free to join. Thank you very much for coming here and for listening to me. Please leave me below any questions. See you soon.